Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of the Innkeeper's Guestbook. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddy, coming to you live from Union Inn, 1112 and 1114 3rd Street, Northeast. Steps to the Nomagalludet Metro. Nice brisk walk to Union Station and nice leisurely jog to the Capitol. We have somebody, I think this is the first time we've had somebody from San Francisco. Mm. Yes, San Francisco treat. Rice-a-roni, right? Do people eat rice-a-roni over there? Like, no, no, no it's not. No, nah. it's a super teched out now. Like, yeah. no, no, that's just no, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she came to us by way of uh, coming to New York first, I believe. Yes. Well, let me say her name first. Her name is Pamela Poon. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good, well. Good, good. So, um, you stopped off in New York first and stayed like 10 days, right? And had a very authentic Bronx experience. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the Bodega Boys. <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, oh, so before um, heading to New York, I was actually in Toronto. Ooh. And then before Toronto, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. So you yes. did a nice little loop-de-loop? Yes, I did a little loopy, loop-de-loop. Um, but my experience in New York, I stayed at an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And let's just say I got a full-on New York experience. <laughs> I mean, you know, all the bugs and the basement airbnbs that's i mean i and the pissy stairwells in the subway yes exactly you know all that smell all that stench just just like home i'm telling you it was just (laughs) she 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 really got that experience yeah and i'm I'm glad yeah (laughs) i still love it though (laughs) right it was like amazing food right yes loved the food where's the best place you ate out there um I my favorite place was in this like food court in Flushing, Queens. Yeah, Flushing. I'm Chinese, yeah. so I love my Chinese food yeah. and they got all kinds of Chinese food out there. It's a huge Chinese population, um, Mandarin speaking population. Um, so they got a lot of spicy food. A lot of them are from northern China, okay. um, which I can't really handle, but it's really good food. Is that Sichuan province where it's really spicy? Yes, but okay. usually a lot of um, the northern region, all the f- cuisine from that area, like like Beijing and up there, they tend to eat more on the spicier side. Okay, and they can handle that. Okay, yeah. So, for those uninitiated, how is the Chinese cuisine that you get in Flushing different from that that you would get in Chinatown? So you New know, York, Chinatown, New York. Yeah, or or just Chinatown in general, okay, Chinatown, you know, China, all over yeah. the world. So you know, in the very beginning, when the Chinese started coming over for railroads, that population came from Guangdong, which okay. is the Cantonese-speaking population. So they are from the southern province of China, which um, they tend to eat, or we tend to eat more of a blander, less spicy. Our cuisine is a little less spicy, and we eat a lot of rice. Whereas now the influx, the new wave of Chinese people from China, they speak Mandarin and they uh, they tend to eat a lot more spicy food and they eat a lot of noodles, a lot of dumplings. It's, it's a very different cuisine, which is like, I mean, it's really good. Okay. Um, In terms of the, the vegetables and the meats, is there a difference? The way that we cook it, yeah. Okay, but the um, same general. So bok choy might be cooked one way here or... Or is it like more sure. spinach down here and uh, no, no, it's pretty similar, just okay. different ways of cooking it and probably a different way of cooking our meat okay. too. No, um they eat more lamb up there, you know. And it's more exotic in terms of the cuisine up north. Uh, we try to stay as bland as possible and I think I would say ours is more 
greasy too. Okay. Yeah. Is it a lot of chili oil? For ours, or no. Sesame? Chili oil for for the northern. Uh, yes. Or, or for oh, Sichuan yes, too. Yes, yes. Yeah. They they put a lot of pepper. We never really put any peppers in ours. Okay. In our cuisine, yeah. And so the the Guang Guang Guangdong. That's the southern area. Southern province, which southern is province. very close to Hong Kong. Okay. All right. So Cantonese. Yes. I, I just learned today Cantonese, Cantonese is the the primary or the primary language in of Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, but the, the the national language and the national Chinese language is Mandarin. Okay. It which is China. Yeah. So uh, from is Hong Kong in the Guangdong no. province? So Hong Kong is um Hong Kong's in an island. Okay. And then, like, the border of the mainland of China, parts of it is part of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Hong Kong, after 1997, it went back to China. So, right. technically speaking, it is China now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, mo- the people still see, because of the culture, because of how Hong Kong was colonized by the British culturally still it's pretty different people in hong kong a lot more westernized mm-hmm. whereas people in china i mean they're modernized but it's just different a little different culturally just slightly so was the language difference in place when the british arrived no it's it's just always been like that okay but i'm not really too sure why okay um but there are like thousands of dialects um, when I say language, I mean dialect. Okay. So there's only like there's one Chinese language, but yeah. the dialects are so different. The two main dialects is Cantonese and Mandarin, but there's thousands, and you really don't understand if you if you speak only Mandarin, you're not gonna understand the rest. Okay. So <laughs> is this along the difference between Cantonese and Mandarin? That's way beyond like the difference between how an American speaks English versus a British person speaks yeah, English. Yeah, it's not just accents. So it's like, you know how um, like Wales. Okay. People from Wales, they I I think they speak they speak English, but it's really thick. Like it's like a, a they have Ga- their accent. Gaelic dialect or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like, like it's, oh, it's dialect, just a different right? dialect, right? Okay. You don't even understand what they're saying. Um it's kind of like that. <laughs> Interesting. It's it's very hard. It's the dialects is so different there. Would it be like uh, someone from New Orleans speaking Creole kind of, or not Creole, but like I'm telling you. So I was down in New Orleans mm. over Labor Day weekend, and okay. sometimes when you're speaking with people mm. that have been there their entire life, mm. you really have to put on your thinking cap to really hear what they're saying, even though they're speaking English. Um, and I'm wondering, does that transcend slang? No, like you can maybe make out one word. But okay. you're not okay. you're not even gonna understand what they're saying if yeah okay yeah. but we writ you know we write the same though the written Chinese is is the okay. same but it's understandable okay so if you went there and you didn't speak Mandarin but you did speak Cantonese you could write out everything you wanted to yes, say and be okay but grammatically it's also a little different ah yes wow so people who kanji is that what it is yes yeah, so people who speak Mandarin the the way they write is more authentic like Mandarin, the way they write it is it's more grammatically correct. Like usted versus um two. Sure. In, yeah. In Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or like the way British people write English is definitely different from the way we write. <laughs> right. More authentic. Quote no, we we like Z's. We <laughs> yeah, like to use, yeah. we like to we, as Americans it. we like to utilize the entire alphabet. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Organization. You know. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, no, I get I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, we went all around the world just to get back to DC. So you've been here with oh, us for yes. five days. Yes. What have you done while you're here? Wow, it's been a whirlwind. Um, first, we I don't really remember, but I basically hit most of the Smith Smithsonian uh, museums. Um, went to the Capitol, took a tour of inside the White House, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, oh, you you got a you got an East Wing tour. Yes. Okay. Good. Is that like really rare? Well, so hard there's the East Wing and the West. The West Wing is like super hard to get to. Okay. Um, the East Wing, though, you have to really, like, you have to let someone know way ahead of time before yeah, like you the, arrive. Yeah, the rep of the state. Or yeah, something. exactly. The you have to just go through them yeah. and do all that stuff. Yeah. So okay. that's good. Yeah. So all the right. West Wing, they that's like the Situation Room and all that stuff. Oh, like you have so to you have get to, invited. You have to, you have to like know somebody oh, that works okay. in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, no, the East Wing, you can't just show up and, yeah, 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 and yeah. get in the East Wing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reserved or I asked if I could get in like a month and a half ago, two yeah. months. Yeah. yeah. So, good job. <laughs> yeah. Did you cool. see the room with the um the silk walls? The silk walls. It's like one of them where instead of wallpaper. They have a framing up and they use like silk and the whole thing was back in the day when America was still, you know, right after we got our independence. Was that one of the rooms like the yeah. green, the green, the color rooms? Yeah. One of the color rooms. But probably. you probably couldn't touch the wall. It was, yeah. It, it was yeah. probably like yeah. tufted and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just interesting. They, they, they said that we wanted to um, like show other countries that we were legitimate. Uh -huh. So we would get exotic fabrics and hang them on the walls as the mm -hmm. wallpaper to be like hey look look at us we're rich yeah yeah we're doing it <laughs> interesting i didn't yeah. know that yeah they i mean we didn't have a tour guide right it's self-guided yeah. and then the only guide quote unquote that we have were the secret service aha uh -huh. yeah so, i mean yeah, I they're always know. watching you <laughs> yeah yeah they're probably watching you now you know yeah <laughs> which i actually learned from bureau of uh engraving printing that originally the secret service they weren't used to protect the president really originally they were they it secret service came about to figure out how to get rid of the counterfeit money learn <laughs> something new every day yeah and then right. it wasn't until i learned this today and it wasn't until lincoln that they started giving the job of protecting the president really yeah and then. he still and he still got assassinated yes <laughs> funny enough yes <laughs> well they just started they were still learning later <laughs> yeah i guess i guess it's, so yeah so um, or maybe it was after after he got assassinated. That's then, ah, then they implemented perhaps, the secret that, service. That, that, yeah, that, that maybe that was it. it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> one of the conversations that we've had uh, while Pamela's been here is about uh, the sky high housing costs mm. in our respective uh, areas where we live. Now, yes. I think I said you're from San Francisco. Yes. And um, I mean, how much does a one bedroom go for right now? Well, if you live in like, like downtown in it, in it. city, ooh. Let's see. Okay, a studio is three to four thousand. That's ridiculous. <laughs> a studio. Now, one bedroom. Really one ridiculous. bedroom is probably four thousand to forty five hundred. Oh, forty yeah. four thousand to forty five hundred. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Not even. So, but not no, even so, with the parking. <laughs> no, but if if we're saying okay, so let's just say you want your housing cost to be fifty percent, like just your rent to be fifty percent of the amount of money that you make, right? Mm -hmm. You say four thousand. That's eight, and you divide that by twelve. That's ninety six. That's why the if you make over six digits, you're still low income. <laughs> that's that's not sustainable. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's completely not. 
So, so a lot, it's funny enough, though, still a lot of techies choose to live there, which yeah, I'm not sure so, why. So how, how do they how do they do? I mean, I, I hear I hear a lot of stories of people that are in their late 20s that, mm-hmm. you know, are now doing well mm-hmm. because they started up an app. But they're saying, hey, I, so I was here and I realized that all the tech stuff is happening here. Mind you, this happened the earlier part of this decade mm-hmm. and they ended up going out to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Where do they stay? Also, like the people that actually got up the ladder and yeah. they're um they would stay probably like like the neighborhood yeah, i mean wh- where do they I, i'm trying to understand it if i was someone that had a job mm-hmm. here in dc okay. let's just say i was making i don't know sixty thousand dollars right mm-hmm. and i have an app idea right mm-hmm. and I, I do all my due diligence and i'm like hey this could work oh so you want to go there to and pursue i want to go it. there right you're making sixty thousand, like you. But could. I'm leaving my job. I'm leaving my job to go there. It's not like I have. The, I'm still keeping my job and going right. there, right? So, like, imagine that you save up one year's salary, right? <laughs> and you're telling me that now I have to spend. You probably have to live. So here's the thing: like San Francisco is ridiculously expensive, but the whole Bay Area is similar. It's pretty much the same. If you go all the way to San Jose, you go all the way to Berkeley. Uh, which is northern San Francisco. Okay. Um, Palo Alto is yeah, up there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, East Bay is getting up there, but there's still you can live in East Bay. I mean, instead of 3000, you can maybe get one for 2500. <laughs> 2000. So, but if you go on along the peninsula side, the side that's not that hot where the weather is still it's good, it's only maybe like I don't know, $50 difference if you go down south. Like and to an hour away. From San Francisco. What about Oakland? How far away is Oakland? Oakland is just across the bridge. Um, if you take the BART, which is our version of the subway, is probably 30, 20, 30 minutes from downtown. If you had a car. If you had a car, well, you would, not, you would not even drive, but it would take probably an hour during traffic oh, rush hour. Yeah. Um, okay. Oakland's getting really expensive, too, because all the SF natives moved out over there. So it's like Brooklyn. Yes, yes, it's exactly. Um, it's it's I maybe a hundred dollar difference, but it's pretty much the same. So you're telling me that a studio in Oakland is gonna run me north of two thousand dollars a month? Oh yeah, That's oh yeah, ridiculous. easily, That's easily. Ridiculous. Two two thousand would probably be a good <laughs> price if you could find it two thousand for a studio. It's like whoa. So what is minimum wage out here? Fifteen. Okay. But I mean, but it's you're still, still not, not you're enough. Still not, yeah, it's no, not doing it's nothing. But nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. But yeah, yeah. So a lot of my friends who are in the tech world, they do spend half of their. They can't. There's no way for them to save. They spend half of their um, salary. So what's the upside then? I'm the lottery sure. ticket. I mean, like your your resume building. <laughs> so okay, so you're saying there's a group of people that go there Learn. to work there for two to three years connections networking so it's like almost like college <laughs> it's, it actually it's, it's does cheaper college it's, it's actually does feel like a college town now because there are a lot of transplants and i mean yeah they bring in a lot of money but there is a lot of young kids out there that that you know during the it just gives me the college vibe which okay. isn't that great <laughs> do most people that go there though leave after two three years and then have a, a nice tech job in a primary or secondary city somewhere else yes. in the states yeah okay yeah yeah there's no way for them to have 
you know, settle there or have a family. Yeah. So, so more that happens for more people than them joining the early sta- an early stage startup. What do you mean? So like say a, a, a startup starts up, well, startup starts up, yeah, but uh, like a tech company uh-huh. and they get on the ground floor of this tech company as mm-hmm. a result of for the two years mm-hmm. they've been networking. Right. And then it's like, okay, we're going to work with this company f- until we're able to cash out. And then Pretty much, that's like, yeah. So I'm saying, is that the more likely scenario or is the more likely scenario that I worked here for this amount of time, have it on my resume, and now I can shop I myself to another one. seat. Okay. It's the first one. They want to hopefully help this company build up and become very successful with along with the company, mm. you know, get their share in, all that. You know, which happened to like, you know, a lot of people who worked for Uber in the very yeah. beginning, right? A lot of them were successful, made a lot of money. So have we crested? That's the real question, right? Like are more people coming out than those opportunities are available for? Or are are, are there still an unlimited number of opportunities and we haven't even reached the top yet where it's like it it makes sense for someone to do that if you have a tech background i think it's still growing it's not it has not it's not ending anytime soon but good news is at least for the first time in a long time probably since you know the recession that our um the housing market finally slowed down it plateaued i think you know, it's not in, the rent isn't increasing. I mean, it's not lowering. It probably won't ever lower a decrease, but it's just plateauing and she's not keeping so it there. Has there been like a moratorium or restrictions against new construction? No. So people are building like tearing yeah. down houses and it's building. just like Washington, D.C. right now. Okay. Just nonstop wherever, wherever they find. I mean, even I don't know if you've seen the article of the Millennium Building, the one that's sinking. Wait, what? So, what? Oh. so there's a huge skyscraper um, condo, condominium, huge one. Um, uh, I'm having a brain fart, but what is, um, is Stephen like, Curry's wife's name? Uh, Aisha. Yeah, Aisha her, Curry yeah. has a has a restaurant actually in that building, and I guess like a bunch of billionaires, millionaires, they've already bought like condos in there. It's it's in downtown. And it turns out they, for some reason, so it's like it was built on like in that area of San Francisco, it used to be a swamp mm-hmm. and they, not swamp, but you know, the, the ground floor wasn't that strong. And is this they, close to the, I'm assuming this is close to the water. This Yes. Okay. And they pretty much didn't build a good foundation and the building is huge right in the middle of downtown next to Salesforce and it's already sank a feet in. It's already the, the... <laughs> The building itself is literally sinking into the earth. And they have they topped out the building? I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going that's on. That's not. That's But not they a, but each condo, but people are still, you know, buying the condos in there. They're like one condo probably goes for I don't know, 10, 5, 6 million, 8 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a bubble. That's <laughs> yeah. what we call a bubble. Yep. All righty. <laughs> So you spoke. You spoke about a restaurant. You are actually, or are, were a general manager yes, of a restaurant. Yes. yes. Okay. I, well, I it, it wasn't really a restaurant. It's like one. It's like a ch- Chipotle, but um, I worked for a poke restaurant, poke okay. spot, and there That's were the, multiple locations. Yeah. So it's it's like the Chipotle model. Yes. Like yes, uh, assembly line model. So okay, when I was working in DC, mm-hmm. all the new restaurant like DC was the was the test ground 
for a lot of these fast casual oh, really? restaurants. Yeah. So Vapiano, have you heard of that one? No. It's basically like fast casual mm-hmm. Italian. Okay. Uh, roti. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of heard that. that one. That's Mediterranean. Cava. No. Which is also Mediterranean, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we were the first market. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of course, Sweet Green. Yeah. Because that was started oh by the guys gosh. out in uh, Georgetown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that, yeah, but Georgetown they're everywhere University. now. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, have you heard of Taylor Gourmet? No. Well, I guess that's not, it's like a sandwich shop. shop. Okay. Um, it's not like you, you're in front of an assembly line of people, you know, doing stuff. But um, a lot of the fast, casual concepts, mm-hmm. they come to D.C. a lot of times first, just because we have that transient Oh, okay. and so it's like twofold. So one, um, you have people that because they know they're not going to be staying in D.C. a long time, mm-hmm. they are like, you know what? I'm I, forget saving. It's kind of the same mindset of the people that want to work there for two years mm-hmm. two two and a half years to three years, whatever, mm-hmm. and then start working for a startup or go somewhere else. They're thinking about it the same way mm-hmm. here. So what I need to save for because I'm not trying to save for to buy a house here. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have fun. Right. And also those people end up leaving. Mm-hmm. And so whatever market they go to, when that brand shows up in the market that they relocate mm-hmm. to, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember this. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even. Right. Oh, that's that's it that's makes a sense. Very right? good marketing idea. <laughs> right? Like I did not even think of that. Yeah. yeah. So. um, But yeah. So you see that a lot here in D.C. Um, OK. Is there a lot? Are there a lot of poke spots out here? I. I think i saw one here but i'm not sure okay i i rarely go yeah when out. i was walking when i was walking down in downtown there wasn't a lot i mean people there were restaurants that would make poke but there weren't like a there wasn't a restaurant that's specific specifically just for poke okay so, so for those that don't know what what is the po- what is poke so poke is just raw fish raw uh, it's a hawaiian cuisine um it used to be an appetizer in Hawaii, but then I'm not sure if a mainland, like people from the mainland U.S., made this or someone from Hawaii. I'm not sure, but they it made they made it into like a bowl. So they would put like raw tuna, raw salmon, like sushi on top of a whatever base you like. You want rice or salad, whatever noodles, and then you can just top it off with whatever toppings you like. So it's really good. Would it be? somewhat at least somewhat correct to say that it's a combination between sashimi and a bimbap bowl yes that's exactly right and i don't want to use this description but it's like a deconstructed <laughs> version of a sushi okay but your description is even better okay. it is like bibimbap and sashimi okay yeah all right and it's huge it's like you find a poke spot at every corner in san francisco really yeah, well you guys have a good there. seafood market there too yeah I mean, yeah so. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And so, how much does a, a entree run you? <laughs> fourteen, fourteen to fifteen for a bowl for lunch. Oh yeah. Oh no. If it, if you want lunch and yeah, like a, a lunch eighteen dollar. Okay, for poke, fourteen to fifteen. But if you want to go out for lunch, like oh no no no, I'm saying like a poke bowl. Yo, oh, yeah, fourteen fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like okay. I I get inflation. I yeah. get it. Okay, but at the same token. You shouldn't have to spend more than ten dollars for lunch. I agree, I completely agree. But if you think about it, minimum wage is fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, when the minimum wage increase, everyone ups their price. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's a podcast that came out today. Today is uh, September twenty first. Uh, on the Daily, I listen to the Daily every morning. Okay. New York Times, and uh, they were talking about this is the ten year anniversary of the 
collapse with mm. Lehman Brothers and all the mm-hmm. stuff that happened mm-hmm. to basically usher in the uh, the big financial recession, or whatever, right. the great financial recession or whatever. Um, and so what they were saying was the solutions they came up with were basically a trickle down solution. It was in the sense of let's shore up all the institutions that everyone uses. So make sure the banks are okay. Make sure companies like GE and everything, so everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then because these companies are okay, everything will trickle down. Trickle mm-hmm. down. But they didn't do that. They held on to all the money and wages stayed stagnant. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right, right? Yeah. <laughs> and here we are now, and the, the, those issues still haven't been resolved. And those issues, in part, led to or played a part in yeah. contributing to the fallout that we had. Oh, yeah. I understand it was a lot of bad debt, but it was also people weren't making people weren't increasing in their and were yeah. making more money over uh-huh. time. And so once your three year, you know, arm reset, you're mm-hmm. done. Yeah. So I agree, but I digress. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, your background though is in biotech. Yes. Okay. And specifically in viruses. Uh, emphasis is on microbiology. Yeah. Okay. Virus so, involved, virus, bacteria, whatever. So does nanotechnology fall into that? Yeah, uh, in biotech, no, it's a little different, okay. but um, there are people that can, em- I mean, in the biotech world, you can emphasize on bioinformatics. That being said, I'm not really too sure what bioinformatics means. <laughs> really is, yeah. <laughs> not special, <laughs> specialized uh, field. I'm assuming they, they work more with computers and dealing in the biology, okay. bio world. Okay. Um, but nanotech, I'm not sure. I think that I feel like that's more of engineering, right? Yeah. From from what my extreme limited knowledge of it, it's kind of like your microscopic sized machines, right? That are programmed to do whatever you chemical want. stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's like if you were a biologist and you have multiple degrees and chemistry biochem engineering and that's your major mm-hmm. nanotechnology there you go okay so <laughs> oh, and robotics so and all that yeah yeah so what drew you to biotechnology or biotech um well <laughs> that's funny um i've always loved science but i didn't know what i wanted to major in i got into uc davis okay i originally majored in cell cellular biology it was too hard so i switched out into biotech and it was still a really hard major, but I got through, I passed, grades weren't great, but whatever. You passed and got the degree. <laughs> yes, yes, I passed and got the degree. Um, but during my undergrad years, I interned, I did research, and I realized I hated it. <laughs> really hated it. i not into lab. I thought, I grew, growing up, I really thought I was gonna work in a lab mm-hmm. until I actually did it. Yeah. So after I graduated, um, had a little, little at post-grad crisis yeah quarter uh, life cor- sorry yeah i guess like before no, you're gonna live a long time this is a 10 percent crisis yeah 10 percent crisis and then um so then i went to korea actually okay um seoul for how long for two years okay yeah and i lived there great food great food very spicy party <laughs> you know learned the culture learned the language thought i could figure out what i want to do with life still did not <laughs> Because I partied too much. <laughs> oh, but you had a life experience. Exactly. I had a life experience. So, like, definitely no one can take that away. So, so subconsciously, 
it was the right move. Yeah. Because you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And then I came back to San Francisco and then um, I was like, well, I don't want to do anything in R&D, research and development. Um, but I want to at least not waste my degree. So then I tried going into um, nursing and I applied, um, but I got waitlisted for a master's in nursing. And then I ended up like, no, you know, I'm, I'm going to reapply so then I became an EMT, which is, you know, do you know, emergency yeah. medical technician. Yeah. The that. people that drive the ambulance, the ambulance. Okay. and go around saving lives, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and running red lights when they don't have anybody yeah, in, in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, those people. Best. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I realized, nope, I do not have enough patience or compassion. <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not that. I, I just don't have enough compassion okay. or patience to deal with patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I know I'd be good at it, but it's not my calling. So I was like, nope, not not nursing. And then and then I got a real, another crisis. You know, I'm like, okay, I have to do something that's not part of science and or health. And so I went into uh, – I stumbled upon restaurant industry okay so correct me if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. but uc davis Mm -hmm. is probably the number one college in the united states for people that want to run a vineyard probably yeah because they have a big yeah 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 Yeah, whatever that is yeah but they have a like if you want to be a sommelier or you want to learn yeah 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 yeah. that's where you should go okay or agriculture yes Yes, and definitely. you have a biotech background. Yes. Have you ever thought about that? The be a sommelier? Not necessarily a sommelier, but like working in at, at a vineyard. For, no. Okay. But I was thinking about it, you know, working in wine or something. Since It I seems have, like a good marriage. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to push you one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that, that like at the very least, you probably through your alumni network could probably right. find somebody that could, yeah. you could have like a more educated yeah. conversation yeah. than with me, exactly. you know, <laughs> to find out how, yeah. whatever skills you I might mean, have that I've could work enter- for. I have entertained that idea before, mm-hmm. um, but never really went back to, you know, I'm not sure, but I do love my wine. So, <laughs> and, and when I stopped, when I um, stayed in Toronto, I stopped by Niagara Falls where they have a lot of actually really good vineyards. Okay. And then when I did the wine tour, vineyard tour, mm-hmm. that, you know, it brought it up again. Okay. The so tannins, maybe. you know, you know how all the, all the different palate. Yeah. Yeah. All that things, yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just hang out with people that know about wine <laughs> and, and they tell me what to drink. I'm like, okay, no, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 That sure. too. Okay, cool. All right. Are you ready for the seven questions? As ready as I can be. All righty. <laughs> Question number one. We have a library okay. downstairs. What is the book that you would add to it? Blink. Do you oh. have Blink? Okay. That's uh, Gladwell, right? Yes. Okay. Actually, right. I'm not even done with the book yet. But, but it's that good. It's really good. I finished majority of it in one sitting. Okay. I mean, it's a quick read, too. So what What about that book? is? So what is the premise of that book, and what has stood out the most about it? Um, Basically tells you about what you're thinking when you're not thinking. Okay. How you think when you're not thinking. It's like the subconscious. Yes. Okay. And, um, yeah. And what, what, how you, why you respond the way you respond to certain situations and what's going through your mind 
you know, say like, why do you react the way you in certain situations when you're not even when your brain consciously isn't even processing? Thus the name Blink. Okay. Yes. All right. And there's a lot of science and psychology involved in it, which I don't really remember, but it's really good. (laughs) So is Gladwell's podcast the answer to number two? No, I didn't even know he had a podcast. Yeah, he has a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) That's why we have the internet. Malcolm Gladwell Podcast. Revisionist History Podcast. That's what it's called. Okay. He's with Panoply Media. Okay. Uh, And has aired three 10-episode seasons. So I believe it talks about history and how it like wait hold up i'll read it to you is malcolm's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood and the misunderstood mm-hmm. sounds like the book i'm reading right now people's history of the united states he he has history in um blink as well okay so we'll incorporate in there right. talks about war and stuff and all the strategies and how people okay it's, it's pretty cool it's a good book to get okay yeah. all right but what's your podcast um this american life all right. Okay. Hourglass. Uh, and well, one of the favorite, which isn't part of this American life. I'm not, but it's called Shit Town. Yeah. 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 That was that was that was that was good. I really binged listen to that. It was yeah. it was very very engaging. Yes. And the other one was well, it caught a lot of media attention. Was the murder one? Uh, cereal. Yeah, cereal. Yeah, I yeah. haven't listened to cereal. Oh, you will stay up. For nights okay that one i stayed up like 10 hours straight listening. so wait is it is it scary no no okay you promise yes I okay promise. good because i don't like so I, don't, I don't do horror no i don't it's do horror really interesting really good okay all right so this american life is through npr mm. um and correct me if i'm wrong it's just uh basically stories yeah. of americans american life. yep it's <laughs> life in america just just like what you're doing right now there you go like yeah I'd, I'd love to hey yeah ira like i'm uh, literally you know npr's headquarters is literally three blocks away i saw it i yeah. didn't even know it was here yeah it's right there i wanted so, to go so there. ira when you hear this <laughs> just come on over man yes just knock on the door i'm right i'm right here i'm right here we can get right on the podcast and we can do an episode of this american life and cross broadcast it all that <laughs> All right, number three, something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it. Okay, this is random, but a two-liter collapsible water jug. Ooh, I like it. It's like a plastic, you know, like a soft plastic bag, basically. It's a water jug, though. You know, you can get it on Amazon. It's really cheap. Um, It's called Platypus. That's my favorite brand. Okay. And, you know, as you're drinking, as you're finishing the water, you can literally collapse it. You fold it and put it in your bag, and you don't have to waste space okay so two questions one how did you come upon this i'm not sure i think i saw someone a friend of mine use a collapsible water jug but it's not the same mm-hmm. and so i just amazon you know amazon okay yes and then that this happened you just got it yeah and i just got it and i was like oh my god i love this okay uh second question do you use this like every day or you found that you've used it because you're traveling as much as you are right now I would use it. I, I tend to use it a lot. Okay. Yeah. But I don't drink water as much as I should. But this will help. But um, I do use it every day. I try my best. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's definitely great for camping, hiking, whatever. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and last question. Well, bonus question because mm-hmm. I said two. Um, how, what's the smallest that it collapses to? Ooh. I like think, if, you, if you, oh. you use your hands and we'll, oh. we'll try to say. Like 
what is this like it it's like a big mac oh like a no, not even like, like a big pounder. yeah yeah it's it's like square i would collapse it to like or a rectangle so like okay so like a really thick grilled cheese sandwich not like if you even. have the thick it would bread. be like a thin grilled cheese sandwich okay yeah. so how many no, it would be like a slice of bread i feel like okay yes. slice of bread okay yeah. that's nice what? but then when it opens up it's like a, a two liter bottle yep yep so that's half a gallon almost right yep okay hey that was a random question but no but that's 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 good that's, that's good, good no know. people to know like hey you know you're trying to pack you know <laughs> you don't want to check your bag when you're going international you can, I'm you you. can probably put it in your pocket too oh yeah it's really small you can fold it whatever okay <laughs> okay no because when i travel i, I have like cargo shorts yeah oh like, yeah yeah you'll definitely you fit, fit in the, you can okay. fit into the cargo shorts oh, okay yeah. perfect <laughs> All right, uh, number four, um, bucket list place to travel. So this is a place okay. in the world that you have been okay. that you would recommend for the listeners to go to. Okay, Jordan. Jordan, wow. Yes. Okay, do tell. I am all uh, yours. I, uh, my best friend who currently lives in Korea, she's Korean, born and raised in Jordan. Okay. And, you know, one time she said she's going back to visit her parents, so I just went with her. And it was eye-opening, life-changing like it's it's crazy jordan is so beautiful one of the most beautiful countries i've ever seen okay. um and when did you go to jordan 2015 okay so pardon me i, I i'm not aware of geopolitics mm -hmm. um from a uh political risk standpoint mm, right right where are we on the spectrum it's safe okay um sometimes you do so um i stayed in amman which is the I think it's the capital a m m a n okay. capital of jordan okay. it's i think it's like northern side of amon uh jordan they do sometimes get like warnings in the red sea which is in the south okay. like you know be careful you know you might get attacked be careful you might get some missiles you said north amon or oh no or it's north northern jordan. northern in jordan okay oh okay so we're close to israel yeah so yeah i went to the black sea and you can literally see israel okay yeah so we're between israel and iraq right yes on the north is syria so Wait, they hold up oh. so they took a lot of um syrian refugees back then i don't know where the line is i can't figure it out thanks google okay <laughs> Which line are you i'm trying to figure okay so that's the country line right here yes okay good all right, so we're actually it, ironically so it, so Jordan is surrounded by all these war torn countries basically. Okay, a lot of the countries go through a lot of you know war, mm -hmm. and they're literally right smack in the middle, and it's the peaceful one. <laughs> okay, so all the refugees everywhere they tend to go into Jordan, Jordan, for haven. Okay, for safe haven. Yeah. So Jordan has Israel to the east. I'm sorry, to the west. My apologies. <laughs> Syria to the north. And Iraq Lebanon. to the north. North. Northeast. And Iran to the north. Oh, wait, no, Saudi Arabia. Wait, where's Iran? <laughs> I'm tripping. Okay, Iran's all the way over there. Okay, yeah, Saudi Arabia to the southeast. Yes. And that's the majority of its border, pretty much. Yeah, so Jordan is just. Um, they're they're the, one of the poorer. I think they're the poorest country among the that nation of uh, Emirates. Oh wow! So there's this uh, 
Gulf of Aqaba. Yes. And there's like this small sliver right here on the water from Jordan that you can sneak over to uh, Egypt. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's it's really weird that they're surrounded by a bunch of countries that has a lot of high, a lot of tension. Yeah. And a lot of war problems, but they're okay. very peaceful and a lot of refugees go there. They got Petra, you know, the, Gas? you know, Petra. No, that's no. Petro or Petrol. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm Petra, just. Saying, I'm the, sorry. The... I'm an ignorant American. I, it's okay. I, it's okay. I, I totally own it, but I'm I'm one of the good guys. All right. Uh, so, but what is Petra? Petra is basically this really ancient civilization they built in in the stone. It's beautiful. You should look it up. It, it that's Petra right there. I think. Yeah. Yep, that's Petra. It was um they f- it was it oh, actually wow. in in Transformers. One of the Transformer films. Yeah, I didn't watch any Transformer <laughs> yeah. films. But this is amazing. Yeah, so that's Petra. And they have a lot of Christian history. like. So is this done BC or like early AD? I, I, probably BC. I, I have a feeling it's a BC, <laughs> BC thing. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, a lot of ancient history. And they also, have, like you see, there's a lot of Greek architecture. Okay. Because there's a lot of yeah, Greek influence over the there. Because the Mediterranean's right over there to the west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got a lot of like Greek, what are those called? Columns. Columns and um, Colosseums and okay. yeah, just a lot of. It's very interesting, and it's it. Um, as an American, I feel like Americans tend to get this. Yeah, paint. Tend paint to the, have an uh, ignorant. The, mid, um, the Mideast with a broad brush. Yes. Yeah. And the only knowledge that we get is from the media. Yeah. And it's completely different. Completely. Okay. Um, but sure. I would say still, you know, if you if if you should go with the group, though. Yeah. It's I mean, it's safe there, but um, just that you don't really know how the locals work, yeah. you, the stuff work over there. Exactly. So you sh- it's better to go with a friend, a group. Yeah. Um, but people I, are really say that nice for anywhere you travel, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But also, like, do a warning. A little bit of warning is when you do come back, the gov- the U.S. government do tend to question you more. Like, mm. why would you go to a Middle Eastern country which is high risk? You know. You know what I do? I pull out the receipt from every restaurant that I went to. Have you eaten here? Have you eaten here? Have you eaten <laughs> yeah. here? I'm saying, like, yo, for real. <laughs> the falafels here, there. Oh my gosh! It, like there is like true falafel. Oh yeah, it like, is so good. Yeah. I I still I have yet to find one taste that tastes like that. As as you should. Yeah. Know, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, definitely. Um, one day that that is a bug. I would love to go back there. How long were you there? Uh, ten days, I think. Yeah. Eight eight, eight nine days. Yeah. And you had somebody who was living there. Yeah. So, so I like, stayed at my oh, friend's place. Man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right that's good. Oh man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. People are so nice. I can't. Yeah. I, I, and, I and, and you positive. get to see, like, sometimes you get to see how Middle Easterns live. Like, there a lot of them are on the richer side. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you saw it with your own two eyes. Yeah. Because, I mean, most Americans, I would venture to guess, have only seen the Middle East through a television screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you actually, speaking of that about that, you actually do learn the Palestinian-Israeli conflict yeah not from an american standpoint the whole history the whole history which that is another story of itself but it's it's just like it's like that right there (laughs) it's it's, changed my standpoint on a lot of things um very very eye-opening okay all right 
Number five, 50 mile detour restaurant. This is a restaurant that if you are within 50 miles of it anywhere in the world, it is worth your while to detour from your intended path to travel to go and eat there. Um, there's a Japanese ramen place. Okay. Where? And it's in, I think that's Santa Clara. Okay. Um, it's like. Santa Clara. That's what it's, that's it the 49ers is, play, right? Yes. Wow. You're good. You're, so you know your, your football team well, <laughs> and you know your sports, but not young. So I'm boycotting football this season oh, okay. because of Colin Kaepernick. Ah, um, ah, okay. And so it's like, you know, yeah. repressive football things. It's like, I, it's yeah. like, oh, Santa Clara, that's <laughs> San Francisco. Oh, but I can't watch it. Oh, okay. um, it's like it. 40 minutes south of the San Francisco airport. Okay. So now we're away from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Japanese ramen shop. What's it called? Like Orenchi, O R E N C H I. One of my all time favorites. Okay. What's the dish that you get? Oh, it's just the main one. I don't, I don't know what it's called. It's, it's just, but it's, the, it's the, like the, number their, one. Their signature dish? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, their side dishes are really good too. Is but. it $30? Um, no. Okay, good. I think it's, well, no, it's 14 though. <laughs> for <laughs> that's, a ramen that's shop. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I just want to make sure that it's not like. I mean, if you end up, if you're still hungry and getting the side dishes, yeah, he'll end up getting and you get hitting a, thirty. And you get a beer too. Yeah. Uh, oh uh, yeah. A Kirin Ichiban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All day. All right. Cool. Orinchi is what it's called. Yes. All right. Santa Clara, California. They have one in San Francisco as well, but okay. I That's haven't it. tried that. But I hear it's not as great. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the OG. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Number six. Your number one skill. This is your number one honed craft. <laughs> this is so weird, but um, filleting fish. Oh. Because of poke. Okay. I had to help my boss fillet fish. And because we have such a high turnover, like in terms of we sell so much fish mm-hmm. that I have to do it really quickly so I can fillet a fish really quickly now. And so, now I have carpal tunnel because of it, actually. Wow. Yeah. So in a given shift, how many fish were you filleting? Um, well, I'm not sure if I'm given. Sh- okay, and within an hour, uh, I can cut up like 10 salmons. Okay, and are you using But a special- with the tuna, no, unfortunately, that's why it takes so <laughs> using long. a butter knife? <laughs> yeah, literally, at one point, it was like a butter knife. Wow. Because <laughs> you just go so fast and like you, sometimes you lose the knife sharpening. You're like, oh, shoot, whatever. You just keep cutting. Um, but isn't there but, a special knife for that though? Yeah, but it... It wears out really quickly, okay. to be honest. And in if if you have like other people using knives, they just don't know how to keep it well. So you end yeah. up not buying expensive knives. Yeah, in okay. the kitchen. Um, Stowaway. Okay. Yeah, but um, for tuna, which is like forty pound tuna, that takes a while. I think that takes like twenty thirty minutes for me. Yeah. But you know how to do it. But I know how to do it now. Yeah. So if you ever go on a fishing trip, like you are the MVP. Yeah. 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 But that being said, I really would not volunteer. <laughs> I think I'm so done with cutting fish. The smell. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to happen. You, you, you're not going to do it for like another 10 years. Yeah. Well, and then you're going to go on a fishing trip and be like, oh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Let me show you. Boom, boom, boom. People are going to be like amazed. Probably. Where'd you no. learn this amazing yeah, skill? Yeah, 10 years ago when I was a manager at right? the place. <laughs> So you said, no, this is really weird. I was like, oh, well, no, we've had some weird ones. I went not weird in a bad way. Like I'm saying, like I was not expecting filleting <laughs> fish, but that's awesome. So 
I want to let you know that in the future, when guests are saying like, oh, number one skill, I'm like, yeah, we had somebody say filleting fish. <laughs> That's going to happen. I'm telling you. All right. Last one. Number one talent. Um, this is your innate proficiency. I'm, well, not much anymore, but I was always really athletic. Okay. Yeah. What'd you play? Everything, but <laughs> no, seriously, everything. Um, but my main one's badminton. Very stereotypical, really? but yeah. Oh, that's, that's um, okay. At one point, I was really, I was trying to, I was trying, I was thinking whether to try for the Olympics or not. Okay. Yeah, but then um, I this one summer I went to China, you know, played with a family friend, um, in the gym, a random gym. The guy before him, uh, was like not wearing a shirt while playing, so all the sweat dropped on the ground. I slipped twisted my knee ankle and i'm like i'm done oh, <laughs> yep damn. after that everything was this is why you wear shirts to soak up your sweat when you're playing wow yeah from then on after that was never the same so uh, i just how kinda, old were you when this happened um eight, 18 17 wow. 18 so i was really thinking like maybe i you know to go for now, and then from then on, I just focused on biotech. And I'm like, screw my life. I'll just party. And I'm just kidding. When was the last time you played? Oh, long, long time ago. I gave up. Like, well, the last time I played for fun was like a year ago. Okay. And you were just mashing on everyone. No, 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 no. I lost all my agility, you know, response. You don't have to like listen at home. You played, you're right-handed? No, I'm left-handed. Yeah, so you played right-handed, didn't you? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. I right? pretend. <laughs> but it's it's very interesting because you you forget that you are physically a lot slower, but yeah. mentally you tr- you respond as, as just as fast as you were when you were younger. Yeah, so it's called getting old. I, I'm so sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first person to do that. So uh, badminton, that's... I vaguely remember, and there's some country where that's like really big. Yeah. So Asia. Okay. Um, Denmark. Yeah. That's surprising. Um, a European country like I would say Switzerland, Sweden, Denmark. Um, wow. Most of the Asian countries, they're huge. They're huge with that. Does that have anything to do with like because tennis is outside mostly, so it's it's like it's too cold for that. Let's just play badminton. <laughs> maybe i'm not i to be honest i really don't know why it was it's so big in denmark but okay yeah so as a badminton player that did it pretty seriously Mm -hmm. for some point in your life would you say that badminton is more like tennis or more like volleyball tennis okay but that being said i have no idea how to play tennis i can't play for the crap (laughs) i've tried the way you know how you hold the racket is completely different. How you hit the ball is completely different. Okay. Like I almost hurt my wrist playing tennis because you know in tennis you actually have to oh, yeah. hold like keep you have to tense up your wrist right. Oh yeah. But you put in the spell on the ball, man. yeah, but in badminton you keep it loose, like very loose, so you can whip the birdie. Ah yeah. So when I first played, it was I almost hurt my wrist. I didn't know you. Were, I whipped the ball, <laughs> tennis ball. I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and very, very different. Um, all I wonder if I ever meet Serena Williams, I'm going to play her in badminton and see if she's Oh, she would suck at it. I would kill her. <laughs> in badminton. I'm sorry, Serena. I love you. <laughs> I would kill her. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then she's gonna, she, And then she'd bust out her tennis ball. Like, right, yeah. Let's all play, right, let's, let's play. Let's, let's, let's play some. Let me, yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Serena, you heard it. Pam- Pamela said, come see me on San Fran. I love you, Serena. Don't kill me. <laughs> All right. But, you, you got any uh, social media or anything you want to plug? Um. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Okay. Urban Pathfinder. Ooh. How'd yes. you get that name? I have. I don't know. I just like to find the urban paths. Okay. And that's on yeah, Twitter I do, and I don't, Instagram? No, I don't, I don't do Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. So okay. So okay. That's just, curious. Just, so curious. Why? Instagram. Why not? Why not? Why not? Twitter. Um. I. I don't know. I just never got into it. Still don't really understand the hype. Okay. Maybe I'm just getting old. Yeah. Maybe I think it's the age. Maybe. I don't know how the young kids do it. And I don't. I don't like. Isn't Twitter? You have to update it a lot, right? You're. Yeah. Like every other minute. I don't got time for that. So, I barely even update my Instagram anymore. So from what I understand, or at least from my limited, limited knowledge, because I mean, I have accounts, but I haven't even populated them. Like personally, I don't have anything except for a Facebook. And the only reason I have Facebook, because I went back to school and all yeah. the classmates. You got to connect. Yeah, it got yeah. to. Right. But I haven't touched it probably in the last yeah. two years. Right. Um, but I do have accounts reserved for all this stuff. It's just I need to find somebody to actually do it because I'm, I'm not I'm not spending like mental. I mean, I have a plan of like what I want them to do, mm-hmm. but I'm not spending time doing all that oh, stuff me. yeah you I gotta get on that though if you want to be successful you are correct you are correct <laughs> you are correct and that's part of like this whole week i've been cooped up in this whole room the whole time <laughs> like that's like stuff that i'm working on like in my head and everything figuring out all that is uh, how all that stuff works uh-huh. but um from what i understand the way i think about it twitter is for sharing content hmm. like if you're if you if you are someone that um writes magazine articles or something like mm-hmm. that you mm. can send that out and so Twitter can become your virtual magazine hmm. if you follow all the different writers that you like or content mm, providers that you like. Okay. And that's your feed. And is that, do they update their Twitter with like their articles? Yeah. Or, I mean, oh. if, if you're a writer, you know, I you're, you're like, hey, I just, I just, po- I just check out my new article, you know, huh. or if you're writing a book or whatever, you know, and of course you have friends and stuff or people that aren't even in media that. So how is that different from posting, getting like a fan Facebook page and posting your content there? Uh, Possibly, but I think that the 170 character, or 240 now, I guess, or mm-hmm. 280 characters, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think either A, they had a first mover advantage because Facebook was really for just connecting right, with right, people. Friend. Yeah. Right? Um, So they had a first mover advantage in that respect. Or if it's a matter of it's, that the, the interface is easier i don't know oh yeah maybe I, yeah. I, I, like it's just I very don't know it maybe it's just easier to access twitter and just post it up really quickly so that was instagram right yes right. no that's i'm i'm i tend to be very private on oh, social media but that gotcha. i mean and that's and, the only public one and and the poke restaurant if you're, if you're, oh yeah check out poke delish poke delish there you p-o-k-e-d-e-l-i-s-h okay l-i-s-h yes okay poke delish in san francisco they have um three locations okay um and they're really good all righty yeah great thank all right you. thank you Thank you. Because I, I think we were going to get the podcast to happen, man, but we, you made it happen. Ugh. You made it happen. No, I, I really wanted this to happen. That's why I was like, before I leave, I'm going to get this going. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes yet another episode of the Innkeeper's Guest Book. On behalf of Pamela Poon, I'm Innkeeper Freddie. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you Bye. next time. Thank you, Freddie. Thank you.